2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs,
1: Joining us on today's performance people are a father and daughter who are teaming up on the small screen.
3: Richard Hammond is a household name making car shows with Jeremy Clarkson and James May for 20 plus years.
1: In his latest TV adventure, he teams up with his daughter Izzy by his side, and they show how hard it is to keep his car restoration workshop alive.
3: These two performance people prove that passion can become a business. But I still think
2: I was away too much. That one I really do. I was—I missed too much. Yeah. I think you know we're lucky. You're very bright, so's your sister, so's your mum. We've been able to, to get through that. But I, I think I've been away. I was away too much. I missed too much. Like
4: my earliest memories of you are more like talking to him on the phone.
2: See, that makes me want to cry because that's you don't get that bad.
1: So, team, you've got a new series coming out, new season coming out, season three, I think it is now of the workshop. On Discovery, yes. which is all very exciting. When we were watching the episode, the two of us, I couldn't help thinking how much you reminded me of my relationship with my dad. It felt like I was watching myself with my father. Is he? Is your is your dad the type of dad that my dad was when I was at school? Um, who all of my friends just wanted to be around. He was just that guy that was like fun and vivacious and got involved when there was, you know, some crazy sports day or whatever it might be. Is he Is he that guy who sort of, you know, jumped onto a total wipeout challenge at school or anything like that? Was that the person he was?
4: I I'd love to say yes. I'd love to say yes. But no, not at all. No way. I think we've always had quite like a funny relationship. Like we've always like joked around together. But yeah, when it came to sort of, your sports days and stuff, you weren't the
2: best with that. There's a reason for that. Because of my job. No, there is. Because of my job. I don't, like, my job was doing that. And I don't do that at home and in my private. I wouldn't, I, I, I'm very conscious that if I come crossing into your life, mm-hmm. the last thing I can afford to do is going, hey, it's me, your dad off the telly. Yes. That would just be awful. So I tend to do the opposite and make myself <laughs> small and quiet.
4: Yeah, that's actually quite true.
1: Thank
4: yeah. You, because yeah. I'm sensitive. Well done. Thank that's you. That's really kind. That yeah. is, isn't that isn't I that interesting?
1: It. Isn't that interesting though? Because that's kind of like, because I think the one thing that makes you so relatable, Richard, is that you you just think that what you're seeing is what you're getting. You know, you are that exact person in real life that you are on the screen. Have you kind of created a persona effectively for the TV that isn't the same as at life at home?
2: I think to the extent that a lot of people do who become presenters and broadcasters, I've been broadcasting since 1988. Um, So it's all I've ever really done for a job. Is it a compensatory device? Am I making up for naturally being quite shy? Possibly yes, to an extent. I'm more comfortable than any other circumstance. If you put me in a live radio or television studio, my heart rate goes down. I'm totally comfortable and I love that. I feel safe and in control. Whereas if you put me... At a school sports day, mm. or with a load of other parents, no, I'm not in control, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be. It, it, it's a different circumstance.
4: You wouldn't be the loudest there. You wouldn't be the loudest in the room.
2: Uh, are you saying I'm boring?
4: No, I'm not, saying you're boring. I'm I'm saying not saying I'm boring. I'm not saying I'm boring. I'm saying, you know, you'll take a step <laughs> back. You let others. let others take centre stage. You know.
2: That's exactly what i will do. But it is, I'm, honestly, I would. I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of the effect my job has on my family as it is. And if it also meant they had to put it with me bouncing off the walls, being a TV personality, I'm not a TV personality, remember. I'm a presenter, and they're very different creatures. My job for the last three decades has been to go around the world pointing at things and saying, Hey, isn't that amazing? And if I tell you this about it, it's even more amazing. But I'm just one of the tools, along with camera, sound, director, light, editor, production, to bring that to you. My job is just happens to be the on screen bit. But it's not, I don't go around the world saying, Hey, look at me, or look at what I think about this. Aren't I amazing? My job is to say, Look at that. So I'm not, I'm not, a, I don't consider myself a TV personality. I'm an old fashioned presenter. I am a done. Yeah,
1: that is interesting about not, yeah. yeah, not letting sort of celebrity get in the way of stuff because it's uncomfortable, isn't it, as much as anything else. I mean, if you turn up for a school sports day and you've got a couple of Olympic meds, a few Olympic medals, whatever it might be, around your neck, it's kind of just the last thing you want to be doing, isn't it? It's the last thing you want to do is suddenly find yourself in a sailing race against somebody else who's then, you know going to challenge you to a thing you just don't don't even want to be put no. in that environment, do you no
3: you don't want to, you don't want to amp it up, but the only thing I can sort of really re- relate to we've got a, a daughter who's seven, Bellatrix, and I was going to ask you, you know Richard, is he, how have you managed that being away from home a lot and just and not stopping... getting
1: loads of stick yeah.
3: for it all the time That's right
2: <laughs> I think they've just been relieved occasionally I come home and annoy them. Um, it isn't, it isn't easy. I, I, I've, I've said to Cameron, I'll say my bit and then I'll no know what you think. Okay. But from my side, I've said, I remember I used to have the comments, went through a rash of all the camera operators, particularly having kids. Because don't forget on the show that I do with those other two idiots, um, we've been doing that 23 years or something. So some of them went from being your age to 46 with their own family. So it was a sudden time when they were all having kids themselves. And occasionally one of them would be sitting in a rainforest or wherever filming. A bit unhappy why we just had a baby and I' feel terrible and I would say no no because your job as a parent isn't just mm-hmm. to put bread on the table it's to inspire and if they see you following your dream and achieving your dreams then maybe they'll feel uh, enabled to do them themselves that themselves in their lives whether it's as a doctor or on television it doesn't matter and that's true but I still think I was away too much that when I really do that was I missed too much yeah. I think you know we're lucky. You're very bright, so's your sister, so's your mum. We've been able to to get through that, but I, I think I've been away. I was away too much. I missed too much. I really did, and I, I, I never th- get that time back. She's not a little girl anymore. Yeah, she's still only
4: two foot tall, but she's
2: Thank you. Not a, not a little girl. Anymore.
4: I think. Yes, I think it's a fine line, really. Like what you said. I yeah. think there is that side of obviously, you know, going out and like achieving, especially like you coming from where you came from, like sort of did it all yourself and worked hard for what you've got there's a lot to say you know there's a lot of merit in that and for me and Wills to see that but then at the same time like a lot of my earliest sort of memories of growing up like my earliest memories of you are more like talking to him on the phone so like religiously when we were when he was away like for work every single night and every morning like, Mindy would call him on the phone. We'd be put on the phone. And there's endless pictures of me and Will as my sister when we're, like, six years old with our hair, like, in top knots, like, on the phone like this, like, twiddling our hair, talking to him, like, every night.
2: That makes me want to cry because that's – you don't get that bad. I mean, yeah. but on the plus side, you have visited me. We have yeah. gone places together. We've got to do amazing things. And, I mean, you're pretty confident. Yeah, and I think part of that comes from from that, and, and we've kept you grounded here. We worked very hard to make sure yeah. you have got a place that you come from, yeah, belong that you own.
0: Yeah,
2: Izzy's moving into London soon, and was you don't want me saying viewing flats to rent with a friend, and um, we're, we live in Herefordshire, which is the back of beyond Herefordshire. we where about two hundred years ago, yeah, from wherever you are, yeah, and um, <laughs> but you this is your county. <laughs> And yet, as soon as you are looking at your place, you discovered you're only five minutes away from one friend that you grew up with, mm-hmm. ten minutes walk away from another friend, and then you went to discuss it with your mate in a pub, and the guy serving was somebody you went to school with from the age. Yeah, of-
4: yeah. Do- I think as you, obviously as you get older, your fam- like your family is so much more than just like the people you live with. Yeah. Especially where we come from, like it's so like we have family friends, like my parent, my friends' parents that I would consider as like very much like parental figures to me so but I guess maybe I get like that's more the case because you weren't there so much Mm -hmm. like there were so many other people around me that I had to look up to it was kind of fine whereas I guess for other people if they were a little bit more I don't know if they didn't have that support network maybe that'd be it'd be harder
2: well it's like it was a simple choice we either moved closer to London which is where all the work is and changed our way of life and I'd be home more but we would have led a different life or we stayed out here where we are. Um, but to facilitate this life, I had to be away because that's where the work is. So it's, uh, that's... Well, that is, that was, is Ben's, that's I
1: mean, Ben's take on it fine. constantly, isn't it? <laughs> that's what you're having to sell to Bellatrix on a regular <laughs> basis, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, Fox yeah. doesn't really register yet. He's only two. But Bellatrix, yeah. I mean, how manipulative as well can daughters and girls be? I mean, we know this as well, but it's evil. just amazing no, how manipulative they can be.
2: <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're actually evil. I think they are evil creatures. But it, it, it is a balance. And it's, I think that the advantage of what we've done, the only one who really struggles is me. Because when you were saying then about you on the telephone were a little top in, talking to me <laughs> wherever I was. I just want to cry because I think, oh, I want to be there with that little girl. But yeah. then you're not a little girl anymore now. Uh, we, I mean, we, we've worked very hard, Mindy and I, with our daughters, Izzy and Willow, that we're ourselves with them. It's a very genuine relationship. I'm no different with my mates than I am with you. and I, I don't think you are with me, mm. really. We've always, always had that. We've always had Like a moratorium on swearing. You could say whatever words you want, because I need to I mean I don't swear a lot, not as much as certain other members of this family who aren't here, who (laughs) aren't either of us. Yeah. But but do. But that's always because you have to be able to bring yourself to the room. And if that's what you would naturally say, you've got to be able to do because then otherwise you can't expect the other person to be themselves. And I wouldn't expect you to be you. If I were a completely different bloke yeah. with you than I am with other people, I'm not. But it also means that we can be mates. Yeah. Which means we annoy each other <laughs> and, and fight
1: occasionally. <laughs> to put some context on this story about you know, teaching your children to or to not swear. What we thought was initially quite funny with his odd thing that he came out with, then became hugely embarrassing when we found ourselves in a really nice restaurant and a waiter dropped something on the floor and the first thing that Fox said was, Oh, it's a shit show <laughs> in like his loudest possible voice <laughs> um, to, to, to the whole restaurant. And suddenly it was this realization of whatever you just thought was really hilarious to teach our two year old son has become a major. <laughs> which it? it was.
3: Well it also got quite expensive, doesn't it? Yeah. Cause cause we we, had a swear we box. decided we're gonna have a swear Box, but yeah. I ended up getting burnt for yeah, any of Fox's right. swear words, so it right. uh, cost me a fortune. I <laughs> really
2: well. I've never known you guys get it wrong. Plus, there's nothing funnier than a six year old girl in pigtails kicking the kitchen door out and saying morning, you insert very rude word <laughs> at that point, and it's just <laughs> hilarious. It's <laughs> hilarious. It's I never best. saw them, it's the best. The only time I've something ever happens in front of inappropriately in front of my parents is particularly Willow. If she's yeah. feeling a bit crabby, yeah she'll start to deliberately drop in the odd yeah. word just to sort of, I don't know, snap people out. Yeah. It. But it's never been a problem. But it does mean that we can be, we're now, it's not like I'm suddenly discovering you at 23 or at 20, what well, soon to be 23, mm. or you at soon to be 23 are suddenly meeting me for the first time. We've known each other all along.
1: Yeah. That's true, actually. Mm. That's What's, really it like true. Yeah. What's it like working together? What's it like working together? Because on the new programme, Izzy, obviously you feature, especially... Did you ever get the new horse box or not? That's what I want to know. Did that ever materialise? Did you prove to Dad that actually you were worthy of a new horse box? We did get a new horse box, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> what they want, they get.
1: Yeah, we did. Yeah, it's just,
2: I'm going to put up a pretend fight,
4: but yeah. it's not, We were always going to get it. It was, we always always it, it was just going to happen. Easy,
1: Yeah, easy. But was it like working with each other?
2: It's kind of easy, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Really, I don't know why it works so well, but I think it really does. Because like, you're not
2: remotely fake.
4: Yeah, I think actually, like our relationship has got a lot closer since we started working. I mean, you know, we don't do loads together, but the bits and bobs that we do, I think, I think it's like seeing you in a different like. So obviously, work has been such a massive part of your life, but it's a whole world that I'm just have no access to and on purpose I think and in a good way because when he went off filming we never really discussed it because obviously a lot of the stuff that he did was dangerous like things can go wrong whatever so for us it was very much described as right daddy's gone to work he's just working it's work that's all we ever thought of it as whereas now obviously I'm older I kind of know what he's doing more and I can I see it more and I'm like that's actually kind of cool like that's kind of interesting I like that and then obviously I see you do it and I'm like fair play you've been doing quite a cool thing for a while that's kind of fun
2: what's interesting is is izzy has never shown any interest in media or broadcasting as a career and i would never i wouldn't try and sort of push that onto you she's very bright and has just finished degree english bristol um and suddenly in the last year she's started going actually it's quite interesting
4: yeah
2: and that's both being on screen, which you don't struggle with because you've been around cameras your whole life, but also production, also what goes mm-hmm. into putting a show together and, and what goes into the broadcasting in the broader sense, which I think is great. That's really Yeah. It might not be a career for you, but at least giving it a shot.
1: Izzy, has it given you kind of a almost like a newfound respect for your dad as well, knowing sort of what yeah. he's because it's yeah. all very well to, say, yeah. but it's all very well to film a thing. It's all very well to film a thing and to make a thing, but to make something successful. And repeatedly successful is really hard, and I think yeah. a lot of people take that success for granted. It's actually that's you know that must you must cast him in a new, very intriguing light.
4: Yeah, I think so. Like it's a newfound. I don't know if I'm going to say respect. I mean, that's a pretty strong word, but don't
3: go. T- you know, don't it's go just that seeing far.
4: him in a really. <laughs> yeah, Codging, yeah, Codging yeah. It's just I don't know. It's a way of seeing him differently and like seeing. Because it was just such a massive part of his life and obviously still is. And it's I've never, I've never even known about it before. Like, I've never experienced it before. And also because what you're doing now is so different. Like, you have complete control over this. Like, this is your... So, obviously, the workshop is a workshop in itself. And it's got the film crew on top of that, like, making the show. So, it's incredibly, like, there's so much going on at the same time. And actually, it's quite impressive to see you kind of juggle things not always not always amazingly well but to see him sort of juggle all (laughs) the different sides of it it's really like it's it's pretty impressive to see sometimes
2: it's quite interesting to watch izzy um if i've stressed one thing it's that in your 20s you're lucky because i've worked And that if if I've worked hard for one thing, it's so that in your twenties you can try stuff, try different careers, different jobs, different lifestyles. Because I I, didn't—I went straight into radio at the age of eighteen, and I was obsessed. And that's all I did was work. And I see the fun you have with your friends and the stuff you do. I didn't do any of that. I just worked. I lived Mm. in whatever bedsit was nearest the radio station I was working at, and just did that. And I, I wouldn't want that for you because. You don't get your twenties. You don't get a second go at that. Yeah. And when you go into London and do some media work, mm. try it. I think I think you're incredible on screen. You might you might not like it. I think your mind might work really well in production, but you might not like that, or you might love it, or you but might. It's just
4: being able to try yeah, it, try and it, things, and yeah.
2: and and make friends, contacts, know people, yeah, enjoy it, which I think is is great to see that starting to happen,
1: yeah. Yeah. And seizing that opportunity. Like you say, it's kind of a privileged position you're in, but actually you can, you can, it's what you do with it next, isn't it? It's kind of trying out those different things yeah. and, and what sticks and what you want, because you've got the foot through the door, but then you've got to do the other bit, right? The graft and the yeah. have perseverance and almost, I guess, do you ever feel that thing of, well, if I do go down this road, I've kind of got to throw everything at it plus 20 because... I know that I've sort of got in through this door and that's why I've got to show everybody how much more, it, you know, I'm going to make it count.
4: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's probably kind of natural for someone like obviously in my position, like obviously I do have a massive foot in the door and it looks like this, Hello. Um, which is obviously always like in the back of my mind. (laughs) Um, But I guess again, like, like you said, it's what you do with it. And I think that's why it's, really I'm really lucky that I can try different things and hopefully find something that is like my niche that I you know hopefully can be successful in and prove my own in it and not just sort of piggyback off whatever you've done um but it is definitely something that's in the back of my mind and I but at the same time I think I would be wrong to just say right I'm going to do it on my own I'm not getting any help I'm just going to go and do something from the beginning and I'm not going to use any you know potential help that I could get It's like, I don't know, it's
2: a fine line. It's a fine line. A fine line. It it, it speaks to a really fundamental belief of mine, which is, you know, any career and any trajectory that's going well and going upwards is going to be hugely reliant on luck. It has to be. And that that is luck meets opportunity and all of those things. The good stuff. And you need some good stuff to happen. I started in radio in 1988, and I happened to hit all the lucky patches. And I did, and I ended up doing really well and having a great career. I think the key thing is, though, dealing with luck and opportunity when they happen, and they will at some point land on your plate, when they do, you've got to pick it up, and it's heavy, really heavy. Because what you've got to do is work hard enough to retrospectively earn it. When luck arrives, you've got to look at it and think, that's amazing, and now I'm going to work as hard as I would have had to work for it to have just happened, for me to have earned it. You've got to earn it after the fact. Lucky thing comes along. Wow, that's brilliant! Now I'm going to throw myself at it and work hard enough to deserve it, and that's key. Really key. Mm.
3: That's that's such a strong message, Richard, to to all the youngsters out there. And Izzy, I guess you you've seen that because Richard, without embarrassing you, you are such an amazing personality. But Izzy, you've seen the hard work that goes in behind the scenes that you know, the cheeky, cheeky chappy persona, but actually the serious side to Richard and the effort that he's put in. The endeavour. To, to, yeah, the endeavour to build such a, an amazing career. Yeah,
4: I think someone asked me the other day, actually, I think it was earlier, they were saying like, how would you sort of describe your father? And obviously we have quite a joke, like a very jokey relationship. So I, I struggled to say
2: anything, anything nice.
4: nice, basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, you did. <laughs> it just I feels weird. feels <laughs> Well, Michael, I see this
2: anyway.
4: Maybe. Okay. Um, but the one thing I would always say is that he's incredibly hardworking.
2: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and ZepBound for those who qualify.
0: Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. think like
4: that incredibly hardworking and very ambitious, but not in like an overambitious, sort of arrogant way, just in a, this is what I want to do and I'm going to work myself to death to get there, which, yeah, and I think especially a lot of celebrities, I think they can be judged, you know, in a way that's like, oh, that has been put on their plate, it's easy, they don't do a lot, whatever. Whereas for you, like, it's very much, you work for everything you've ever got and that's the message that I kind of receive and I'm like, yeah hard work
2: you've got to do it. you've got to look at yourself in the mirror at some point obviously me you love doing that you've got to look at yourself in the mirror and when you do that you've got to see somebody looking back at you that you you can like and you can think something other than were well, you just a lucky yeah. little irrelevance um it's why i'm you know stepping up businesses and doing stuff that actually means i can stand back and go yeah that wasn't just luck it mm-hmm. really matters proving it to yourself yeah and i think how you drive yourself is absolutely critical and key. I am hypercritical of myself, but I don't pull myself down. Mm. I, I, if I'm not feeling proud of myself, I work hard enough until I, I do. Yeah. And even if that means if I'm away filming and the call time is six in the morning, but I get up at five, so I can go to the gym or for a run, it's just to, to push myself that bit harder to say, no, I, I'm earning this, I'm, I'm, mm. I, well, I, I deserve it. I don't, obviously, because... People with more talent, better people than me, don't have my luck. But at least I've tried, once it's landed on my plate, Mm. to retrospectively deserve it.
1: The the message I'm getting is that you should stay away more because if you do what Richard did when Izzy was growing up, Bellatrix is going to have it nailed on. She's going to be just fine because if Izzy's a reflection of that, I think she's going to be 100% fine and on her way. Let's talk about the programme because I was watching it and um, I was thinking to myself, this is... It's, it's a lovely, warm hug of a show, isn't it? It's the, the sort of best of British. It's like having a cup of tea. All those things that you really love about our country are sort of in there. The graft of it, you know, the, the jeopardy, the success story at the end, all of those things. And one of the things that struck me is it's a bit like, who do you think you are for cars? Because you take people on this sort of this, this storyline, this historical storyline of the car that you're looking at. And we're, t- we're talking about the Delahaye, aren't we, in this sort of first episode. And that's the most lovely story that accompanies the car, that you sort of learn about, that you it's not just a car restoration show, is it? This is a, you really get taught a whole load of other stuff on, on the way.
2: Well, I think what's key is that it's not just about the metal, um, because cars, they're inert objects, they're just collections of materials until people come into play, obviously. The other key thing about the show, and it's something that we learn when we were making the other TV shows that I make with those other people. Um, that We always used to say about, about those shows, you don't have to be a car nerd to watch it. We do that for you. That's the point, which means it's a broader interest and appeal. It's a bit like, you know, we will as, as people, as viewers, happily watch shows about baking, about pottery. Yeah. I don't particularly care about pottery, but watching the enthusiasm of people who do is compelling. Yeah. It's fabulous. So we will watch them in huge numbers. And I'd like to capture some of that in what we do, that you don't have to care about cars, but watching Neil struggle to restore something. And you can we can all grasp the concept of time and budget. And if it's been made clear that this man, I don't know quite what he's doing, but he seems to care about it very much, mm-hmm. hasn't got enough time or budget to do what he's trying to do and yet really wants to, well, that's compelling, and then whatever it is that he's doing—whether it's throwing apart, baking a cake, or fixing a car—it doesn't matter. Um, it's, it's a human story, isn't it? And that's what—that's what interests us all.
1: Yeah, you want him to win for sure, and it's—it's it's that. Mm it's you're 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 learning about a process as well all the while which is you know fascinating but like you say it's it's a family business isn't it that you're ensconced in though it's i mean they're they're a collection of people i mean do you feel a sort of a big set it's it's got to run on its own merit right it's not just about a TV show it's got to actually work yeah. and so do you feel this sort of yeah. big sense of responsibility as well with the tv program doing what it's doing it's going to be a bit of a distraction around the edges but of course also it's going to pay the bills i mean how do you sort of manage that so that they get done what they need to do, but at the same time, you make great TV?
2: I don't know. If you've got any ideas, just let me know. Um, it's, it's a tricky one. It's an authentic business. It started because Neil uh, had restored several of my cars, E-Type, Bentley. Um, and I went, I used to go for fish and chip Friday. If I was home, I'd take fish and chips up and we'd sit in the workshop and just have fish and chips and talk about cars and how the work was going, just for fun. And he was a bit gloomy one week. I said, what's well, up? I'm losing the workshop. Oh, no. Um, they were going to develop it. And he wasn't in a position to start again. I said, oh, cool. Neil, I need you to carry on because I need you to do my cars. Uh, but I'm not Jay Leno. I can't afford to just employ you as my own personal mechanic. And anyway, there's no dignity in that for you just working for somebody off the telly. I might decide not to do any cars one year. So why don't I bankroll us into a new workshop? And you work half the time to pay the bills and half the time you work on my cars. Unfortunately, because I'm ambitious and because I own a TV production company, I then thought, hey, that might make a nice little TV show. Discovery Plus agreed, commissioned it. um, And as a result, my ambition was given free reign. And as a result, it's ended up really big and difficult and expensive. And it's trying to get the thing to, to cover costs. But it's got to work as a business. It's not it's not a formatted TV show. It is a genuine business. I'm I'm now getting to the, well, we're just about finished filming season three. And I'm thinking for season four, I'm going to have to mix things up again in a major way to try and stay ahead of the curve as a business, just as a business. Because, you know, when the cameras go away, we're still working. Mm. We've still got to pay the bills. I've still got salaries to pay, rent to pay and all of that.
3: And it's got to function we we did a little bit of research on the, on the only, back, a, 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 only a little a, bit of a, research back of this chat bit. so we, we share a mutual friend in Ben cousins who's, who's the chair of the RAC ah, so I reached out to Ben to see if <laughs> actually the work that you're doing there in the shop is any good and he was he can have he's <laughs> oh, full of praise more uh, more more proud of the of the dela Hague on, on show there at the RAC on, on Palm Mall but he also said I don't want to create a spoiler alert here with um perhaps the next season of the show but he's to your point about your cars he said there's one car in particular that's still at the back of the shed as far as he knows that uh is waiting waiting to get some work done to it so maybe like you say the focus on the
1: production you have to side prioritize. It is, uh, yeah
3: it's not it's too much on well, that rather than your own ambition <laughs> your, your, your love
2: It would be nice to get my cars done, but I think it's also a great time to be making a show like that and about that because it is ultimately at heart about make, do and mend, isn't it, and what could be more of the moment. No electric cars are coming. Of course they are. But there are 1.4, 1.6 billion cars on the roads. Well, we can't remake all of those. There aren't enough materials in the world to do that, and not only that, not everybody can afford a brand-new car. People can't generally just find 30 or 40 or 50 grand to drop on a new... Small electric cars. So, we have to find a way of keeping those cars going in the meantime. And if we can make synthetic fuel, which we can at scale, so that it's broadly similar in price to fossil fuel, but no extra carbon is coming out of the ground, then it has to be part of the picture going forward. So, I need to reflect that in the business somehow because the message is not being spread clearly enough. Synthetic fuels address the issue of carbon coming out of the ground and polluting the atmosphere, which we have got to do something about. But they don't address the issues of particulate pollution in cities. You, Les, however you feel about it, whether it's working or not, that's, I don't want to get caught up in that discussion. But nevertheless, um, synthetic fuel will still have the same... It's petrol, but it's just been we've made it rather than pulled it out of the ground. So it's not adding to the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, but there are still particulates in it. And if people are suffering with the air in inner cities then something still has to be done about it. Whether or not you, Les, is the way to do it, I don't know. I'm not in power. Probably just as well.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Richard, um, you're still making car shows, of course, elsewhere that are other versions of car shows. Are you surprised? I've, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but in the world in which we're living, that people are just still as interested and fascinated by what you and the other two put on the TV as they always have been. So I'm obviously referring to no, no. Jeremy and to James and people's sort of insatiable yes. appetite to get more from you guys. I mean, is it something that sort of... Is a, it's such a long-lasting partnership, the three of you. Are you surprised that people are still as passionate about it as they always have been?
2: Yeah, I'm gobsmacked. It's 22 years or something. Um, your whole life. Your
1: whole
2: life? Uh, yeah. But I mean, if, uh, breaking it down, why? Well the three of us there isn't like a perfect one between us i reckon if you smooshed all three of us together and divided the resulting lump into three you'd have three fairly acceptable human beings but we're you know we're not actually we're not particularly laddish any of us we're not stand out but we are kind of relatable in our own weird freaky ways but also the subject we're dealing with cars, the very devices that afford us the opportunity to pursue everything we need beyond shelter as soon as you step out of your cave you want food, water, a mate friendship, whatever kind of resources you've got to get there and the car has come to represent the ability to do that quickly and efficiently, which is a kind of power. We're competitive creatures, whether we're racing it, for the fun of it. That's just another expression of racing to the kill, to the mate, to the watering hole, whatever. It's what we do. We are competitive. And cars have come to represent a machine to help us do that, which is why they matter. They move us physically, which is why they can move us emotionally. So we're dealing with a really important subject. And yes, it's undergoing a massive change right now which commonly is portrayed in the media as being all doom and gloom, it isn't. I think it's going to be incredible because engineering, human ingenuity, human genius will and is save and saving us. That will happen. It's just the messaging that goes a bit awry and it's going to be an amazing time. So, yeah, people are still going to want to talk about cars and transport.
1: We deal. interviewed um, Jeremy a while back, didn't we, for this pod? We did a, Jer- a Jeremy and Caleb piece. And, um, and one of the is things that sort of came... On and- <laughs> yes, <laughs> Yeah, little, little skinny, and one little skin from yeah, yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah. We went to and That's we went to squat, and we you talked about it, the fact it, that while whilst we were discussing what he and Caleb were sort of putting together there, we worked out that he is in fact filming his own version of a reality TV show, which horrified him and uh, mesmerised him all at the same time. Have you have you shared um, stories, horrors, tips, anything like that with Jeremy about how to put the best version of a reality TV show together?
2: I don't think I put it in those terms, but we have discussed it. Yes, because there are some similarities between our shows. I mean, his his he benefits on his fabulous farm show from the the uh, the the incredible skills of Andy Wilman along with him. And we must never forget, you know, in our show that we've done for all those years, there's four of us in it. There's me, Jeremy, and James, and Andy Wilman is is the one of us that I've always said we could never have made it without. He is. The magic, And he's he's worked it with Jeremy on that show and you can sometimes see it. So our two shows are kind of different, but my God, it's, it's, he's got a magic formula there. It's working. It's working. So we do discuss it. I'm going to see him next week. We may or may not be off working together again. I couldn't possibly say, but if we are at some point, we'll be sitting around a campfire somewhere remote uh, and we will be discussing the fun and sometimes issues facing the person making the show in, around, and near their own actual lives. It can be can be trying. Can be.
3: <laughs> you got millions and millions of fans out there that seriously hope that you do get. Yeah, keep the show on oh, the road. Oh, more of the same. Yeah, keep going.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, cranking absolutely out the say. same old nonsense. Well, it's too long gone. <laughs> Anything else now? Literally nothing. What could I do? What could I do? <laughs> yeah, try? you struggle.
1: So I'm just keeping an eye on the time. What I want to ask you both, because it's a performance podcast, is a top tip for better performance every day. So Izzy, let's start with you, perhaps. Like, what's the one thing that you do every day that makes you tick?
4: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, That's a really tough one. Let me think. What do I do? I, I actually, I walk a lot. That probably sounds really weird.
2: Yep. That, that sounds probably good. sounds
4: really weird. No, I think- no because I No, because I get quite overwhelmed and I get quite stressed. So I tend to wake up in the morning and, like, all my thoughts hit me at once and I'm just kind of just want to stay in bed and not leave because it's all a bit too intense and a bit scary. So for me, I like to just go downstairs, find my dog. If a fluffy creature is very helpful to have, whether it's a dog or a cat, something weird like a, like a guinea pig. That helps. <laughs> A horse, no, yeah, go big, go no big. Horses. Yeah, horses are great. Horses are great. We love horses. Yes, sorry, we do. <laughs> yeah,
0: um,
4: I don't know, get out, I just go outside, and obviously, that's easy for me to say because I live in Herefordshire with millions of fields around me, but yeah, I just get outside. That always helps me.
2: But I think what you're doing there, because my advice would be broadly similar, actually. I think, um, at some point in every day, do something that reminds you. This sounds terrible, but it's true. It reminds you and yourself of how much you matter. So do something that is saying silently to the day. You don't actually have to say to the day, I matter more than all of you, but you have to do something for yourself, whether that is go for a walk. My, my brother, middle brother Andy, is mm-hmm. uh, a head teacher. And for a while he changed school and he had to spend quite a bit of time working and living away from home in a flat at that school. And I said to him, mate, one thing, once a week, because you'll have there's always a temptation to go with your mates and do stuff. Or you'll have meetings after work once a week. Go to the supermarket with a recipe for something you really want to cook. Buy the ingredients and half a bottle of your favourite wine. Go home and cook it for yourself. Put your favourite music on and you you treat yourself because you are telling yourself directly, mate, you matter. Because when you're inside looking out, it's what's it, it's where you are inside that that's who you are. You've got to keep that in tip top condition. So I think that what you're doing is reminding the world whoa well, wait time out I've got to yeah. look after this because this yeah. is where I am and I, this is how I relate to you yeah. and I'll be no use to you and you'll be no use you, to me that if this isn't functioning
4: because that, I always do it when, I'm, when I, I get quite anxious so if I'm feeling anxious like for example this morning like I was feeling a little bit oh, a little bit wobbly and I know the best thing for me to do is to get my dog, who is called Chicken. I know that's a little bit complicated, me. but if you if you met her, you, you'd know she's she's just a chicken all over. So I take Chicken out and we go for a walk down the lanes. And honest, like, honestly, it feels like I the whole day just doesn't matter anymore. Like, I, I don't know why. It's not a particularly amazing walk. It's just past a load of farms and stuff but you ju- I'm just walking and it's like you said it's like just for me like I've just paused that day no one's speaking to me my phone is off I d- nothing else is happening in my day I'm just going to walk with my chicken and then I'll come back and then I'll tackle the day and it, do- it does really help it does
2: and so what I'd add as my thing to do your yours effectively and I hope I've sort of distilled it not. Uh, Do something that just tells yourself how much you it matters. When you're doing it, um, don't shy away from thinking about stuff, but consider how you're going to do it. So when I'm running, I consider myself is um, it's, <laughs> I've got my own image of it. It's a wheelhouse of a little trawler and it's all painted in white. And there's a seat and a table and the wheel and the w- windows at the front. That's me. That's just me with nothing going on. So when I'm running, I inhabit that space but I don't want to shy away from thinking about stuff. There's a door there to a vault. So I'll get up from my little sofa, I'll go across, open that door, I go in. There's a limitless number of tables of each of which is an icon representing everything in my life. You have one, Mindy has one, work has one, money has one, health has one, family, everything. And I've thought them all through very carefully. So I'll go and collect that icon, bring it in, put it on the table and in my little wheelhouse and I will think about what that represents. Whether that is money, health, doesn't matter. If it's you. Say, I I'm, want I'm, I'm to think about say, Izzy, think how she is. I will put that down, and I will think about you. Nothing else, because there's nothing else in the room with me. And then when I've done that, mm. I'll take and put it back. That might be you also featuring I come with family. Yeah. But that's a different context to think about you in. And I'll, I'll apply that to anything and everything. So
3: it's about insane. mindful...
2: He's insane. It's about mindful. Like, yeah, it's quite a deep <laughs> process, isn't
3: it? <laughs> What's that called? What's what, that what, what? process called? Is that a hammer... That's, That's the I know I invented That's it. called
2: ham desk. If you're going what I'm saying is try and keep your mind uncluttered. If there's something you want to think about, think about it, but try yeah. not to think about other stuff. You can't worry about money while you're worrying about health. You can't worry about your relationship while you're worrying about work or family. Do them one at a time, which is all I'm talking
4: about. Yeah. Just keep them all really locked up in a room. Not way. Go Damn. and
2: bring one of them out, put it on the table, think about it, and then put it
3: back. You can worry about money when you're thinking about horses. <laughs> it's That's impossible true. not to. They are actually the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And who are we? Thing. And who
1: are we to pass judgment on a dog called Chicken when we've got a son called Fox? <laughs> there you go. Fair
2: dues, actually. There you go. Absolutely
1: right. <laughs> it makes sense. You
2: could say nothing got another dog sense. Sense. called Sparrow.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so. <laughs> Wow. Oh, and
4: my cat. My cat's called Gravy, and yeah. we've got
1: another cat called Ketchup. <laughs> ketchup and Gravy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love it's, it. I, we had a dog once called
1: measles. <laughs> measles. That was weird. <laughs> was my, first so yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> my first two
2: cats
1: were called Yeah, we had Rockin' Simon Rockley. they
2: my first
1: two We could go know. on and on, but that hard stop that you've got will just keep on going straight on par. So we'll we'll, we'll bring it to a close and thank you both massively. If you end up with a relationship with your daughter, our daughter, as brilliant as those two have got, then I think you'll be a very happy chappy,
3: won't you? All uh, right, it would be a miracle right now. <laughs> but I'm trying, I'll work on it. Here's it's open. what's called
1: a work in progress, but they've got a lovely rapport between the two of them. I can see why it works so well on Tully, um, which is their new sort of endeavour together. Yes. But, you know, they've all, they've got that going on, but also like... Richard, we got a little bit deeper and meaningful with him right at the end there of that we did, chat. Didn't we? And yeah, to most of our surprises, including Izzy's. Um, but it was interesting because he was talking about sort of this mindfulness technique of, of just parking individual thoughts and just thinking on one thing at a time rather than everything all together which brings a different meaning to things that for me is a completely foreign concept by the way and i've only learned it in this moment because that's not something that i would naturally defer to but it might be something that that's i need good. to try. So
0: all
3: those issues that you've got with me you put them in a box <laughs> and i'm um, shoving down the back somewhere and forget about them <laughs>
1: note to self that's what I must do Um, thank you for listening this has been Performance People with Ben and George Ainsley and remember from what we've learned today put it all in a box
3: or something like that we're now into marriage (laughs) counselling
0: hold up what was that